It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low price, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. I am Dave Harris and he is Chris Russell. We are your hosts of the Locked WFT pod. Welcome. New listeners, returning listeners. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the show. Leave a rating, leave a review. It'll help other fans of the team find us when we're not here. You can find Chris at the Team 983 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, with his co-host there, Pete Methurst. Also find that show and this show on the Odyssey app. In writing, you can find Chris covering the Washington football team for SI.com. On Twitter, at WrestleMania621. Find me, at DHarrison82. And find the show at LockedWFTPod. Chris, unfortunately, I'm, I'm always happy to talk to you and always happy to reach out to our listeners and fans of the franchise. But unfortunately, we got to start off today's show with some sad news. Yeah, so we found out on uh, Monday, and David, good to be with you and uh, everyone out there. We appreciate you guys being with us as always. We found out on Monday morning that Arlette Snyder, the mother of Dan Snyder and the mother of um, uh, of Michelle, um, who's Dan's sister, uh, passed away. We don't know the exact reason, cause, what have you. There was no talk of her being sick, so don't know really any of the details and circumstances, and certainly you know, honestly, it's something I don't feel very comfortable with poking around and, you know, trying to find out, was she sick? Was she not? Was it sudden? Was it unexpected? Right. Um, you know, it sounded like, it sounded like it was, um, you know, like that they were prepared for, for, for this because in the statement they said with profound sadness, uh, the Washington football team announces the passing of Mrs. Arlette Snyder, surrounded by her loving family. Uh, Mrs. Snyder was a kind and general and generous woman who was loved and greatly admired by all who knew her. She'll be deeply missed and forever in our hearts. The Snyder family requests that their privacy be respected as they grieve the passing of their mother and grandmother, end quote. And that was the end of uh, the statement. So again, that doesn't give us a lot of detail. I have not heard anything. What What is important besides the fact that, again, she is the mother of Dan Snyder, the principal owner, and uh, Michelle, who is a 12, I believe it's uh, 12, 12% owner of the Washington football team herself. She, Ar- Arlette, Mrs. Snyder, was a 6.5% ownership stakeholder in the Washington football team. A lot of people may not be aware. Uh, we've talked about this, I think, when they settled the three other minority owners uh, state that, you know, originally Dan owned like 40.5%. The other three owned like a combined 40%. And then there was this, uh, I think it was 19.5% share or stake that was split with Dan Snyder's sister, Michelle, owning, um, you know, again, 12-ish percent of it and, and Arlette, Dan Snyder's mom, owning about six and a half percent of it. So, 
Um, that's why this is, you know, significant in addition to obviously it just being the, you know, the, the, the mother of, of, of Dan Snyder, the owner of the organization, but because she was mm-hmm. a partial owner, uh, in the organization, uh, as far as we know, and reportedly, uh, in everything that I've read, uh, and through the transfer and the sale, it's not like her, uh, portion of the team was removed uh, by any reporting. Now, it, I guess it could have been, David. They didn't indicate this in the statement. They didn't say anything about that. Uh, but my understanding is she was uh, still um, about a 6.5% owner. And, and now what happens with her her stake? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it goes to Dan Snyder's sister. I don't know if it goes to Dan. I don't know if it goes to Dan's children. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, you know, condolences to the Snyder family. And, you know, if if they were expecting it and, you know, like you said, surrounded by her loving family. So it sounds like to at least some some degree they were expecting her to at least they had an opportunity to come to her and say their goodbyes. And and, and that's always, you know, that's in, in a sad moment. That's great when people can do that. That's the mm-hmm. silver lining because it offers everybody a little bit of closure. And and, you know, it, it's always good to be able to be able to kind of do those things. So, you know, my condolences to them. And no matter what, you know, through the scandals, the investigations, the reports, and all that stuff, I mean, this is still a person who just lost his mother, and, and we're all human beings, Absolutely. so hopefully everybody can can have some empathy about that situation, and, and my heart goes out to Dan and Michelle and, and the entire family. Um, from a, Yeah, I think that's... I think that's well yeah. said. Uh, and I should... I You know, I, I was obviously trying to provide some perspective right. that, um, you know, that this is somebody more than just the mother of the owner, that this is you know, somebody who individually owned a portion of, of the franchise. But sometimes, you know, I, 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 in this case, I, you know, probably not that I'm not sympathetic. Of course yeah. I am, um, you, you know, but I, I should have been more, uh, I guess, less business, more empathetic. Uh, you know, I worked for Dan Snyder for five years mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I got to know him a little bit. I wouldn't say that we're close by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we're not friends or anything like that. But uh, whenever we would run into each other, you know, uh, he always was nice to my face and always, you know, engaged me in conversation. Uh, so, um, you know, I know I, some a lot of things have gone wrong here over the last 20 plus years, but you know, you lose your mother and 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 the the matriarch of your family, uh, and I know he was extremely close to his dad, uh, and he must have been very close to Arlette. Uh, so we want to send our our thoughts and condolences uh, out to her. And again, we'll we'll deal with the business uh, aspect, David. Also, uh, just as we wrap up our opening segment, uh, Monday, July nineteenth, depending on when you are listening to this, we record this. Uh, on this particular day, five years ago, a Redskins super fan, Chief Z, mm-hmm. uh, passed away. So it's already been five years since uh, Chief Z has left us. And 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 you know, for those that don't know Chief Z, he was uh, the black gentleman that was uh, you know dr- always dressed in the Indian headdress, mm-hmm. and that was just you know part of the iconic culture. Uh, and fan base of this organization. It's hard to imagine, you know, how, how quickly time goes. Uh, and, and, and um, you know, I didn't realize it had been five years already. And I remember being on the radio the day uh, that he passed away and so many fans that he touched. Uh, I never really got to know him well, met him once or twice, but just high and by kind of thing. Um, 
but I uh, just want to, you know, obviously to all the, the Washington football fans, Redskins fans, and, and any of his family uh, that might be listening, just want to, you know, take time to, to remember Chief Z because he was as loyal and as passionate for this organization uh, as anybody ever was. Yeah, so, so it's definitely a, a somber day, a somber moment to talk about here on the Lots on Watch football team podcast, but that's what we're here to do. We talk about everything involving the franchise, not just the good and the fun stuff. In a lot of ways, that's that's the easy stuff to talk about. It's the hard stuff that we have to talk about, whether it be criticism of play on the field or sad news coming from in and around the franchise. That's really kind of where you do your job the best, and it's never easy to transition from a conversation like that, but we will. The show must go on, as the cliche uh, says, so this show will also go on as well. But our condolences to all of those families involved Today's show of the lot or today's episode rather of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it be NFL futures, the NBA Finals, baseball season still in full swing. You can head over to BetOnline.ag before the next contest. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to BetOnline.ag, sign up today, and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Thanks for being with us. And again, in case you uh, didn't notice, we're back to five days a week uh, and five episodes a week as we close in on training camp. So we'll have plenty of coverage for you coming up later on this week. Um, we will uh, have some different unit previews and we'll take a look at the linebackers here. We'll have another voicemail and hopefully we'll have some special guests uh, stopping by over the next week or so uh, as we close in. All right, David, let's get to this. My pal Ben Standig of The Athletic uh, did this thing um, and you can get it at theathletic.com, which is obviously a paid subscription uh, site, a 20 question Fan survey, 20 question fan survey. So um, he asked a bunch of questions and I wanted to bounce a couple of the results off of you. Number one, how many games will Washington win this year? And he gave, you know, a bunch of different options and there was a bunch of different votes. The primary answer was 53.7% between eight and nine wins with 10 and 11 wins coming at 39%. Which surprises you more? 53.7 for 8 to 9 or 39% for 10 to 11? Uh, I think what surprises me more is probably the 39% going 10 to 11. Uh, fan bases tend to not like to go over the deep end uh, with hype and excitement. And given that this team won seven games last year, granted there's an extra game in there. So you either look at that as an extra win or an extra loss potentially uh, if all things kind of stay equal. So that brings you to that eight to nine win threshold. So it would be easy for a fan uh, especially when, you know, I mean, it's, it's anonymous poll. I'm sure I don't think Ben was collecting names or Twitter handles so he could at people if they were wrong. 
Uh, but you know, when you click that button, you still kind of have this sense of attachment to the answer that you give. So, you know, a, a lot of times fans, when they're in this situation where a team is kind of teetering, you know, Washington is basically on the cusp of either becoming a really competitive team in the NFC East for the next, you know, three to five years, or they're on the cusp of grossly disappointing missing some draft picks, missing out on some free agent signings and deals and and being a disappointing team for the next three to five years. So typically a, a fan base is going to want to stay a little bit right there in the middle. So the fact that 39% of them were willing to go to that double digit win column, even though there is an additional game, a little bit surprising, but I mean, I dig it. I love it. I've already said it on this show. I'm all about the off season hype. Enjoy it while you can. Cause again, like in November, if we're talking NFL draft, why be miserable all year? If you can be happy in the summer, be happy in the summer. Yeah, and if you have something to look forward to, like you said, uh, anything we can uh, do to get our fan base riled up and ready to go, and even if it ends in ultimate disappointment, you'd rather have that hope, you'd rather have that belief than not. Um, just, uh, you know, we'll do more of this as we go along, but I, I just wanted to ask you another question and get your mm -hmm. thoughts uh, on this, because then there are some other really interesting questions as we go along, but we just can't do everything all in one episode. But yeah. something like this, we can kind of break up and chat over a couple of episodes. Ben asked, who will be Washington's MVP? 62.3% mm -hmm. of people answered fill in the blank. Who do you think fill in the blank is? It's got to be Chase Young. I mean, he's he's the young stud. He's the figurehead. He's the guy, you know, everybody wants, you know, his face, his dreads, whatever, uh, on, on the on the cover of their magazine and everything else. It's got to be Chase Young. Uh, that is a great answer. You are correct. But I got to be honest with you, it surprises me a little bit, maybe, that a guy like Terry McLaurin, who only mm -hmm. got 8%, yeah. um, Antonio Gibson, uh, not that this surprises me, but people generally devalue running backs. Got 18.4%. Ryan Fitzpatrick got 5.5%. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's a good spread. Uh, and by the way, that was the lowest because others got 5.9%. I wonder who the other is. Like, I wonder who people think the other is going to be. Uh, maybe, like, maybe, Montez, maybe Montez Sweat. Yeah, maybe, Montez. Uh, maybe William Jackson the yep. third. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's it's hard to make a case for an offensive lineman to be yeah. an MVP of, it, of, of really anything. I mean, I, I made the case last year that Tristan Wirth should have been the, the rookie of the year, but he's an offensive tackle. Like No, no offensive tackle is ever going to be the rookie of the year. Uh, you'd have to do some pretty amazing things as an offensive tackle to win that award. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. If the team makes it back to the playoffs, I think the MVP is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick because – when you look at the schedule they're facing, like to make the playoffs, they're going to have to have some pretty significant, granted defensive performances, yes, but there's a lot of names on that defense and there's going to be a lot of credit to go around on that defense. On the offense, there are some good names and, and some credit to go around, but we know how this this league works with the quarterback situation, right? If if this team makes it back to the playoffs, I think you're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick having like a 30 touchdown 12 to 15 interception type mm -hmm. season, and that's going to make him a hero in D.C. So you're saying if they make the playoffs, um, even ahead of Chase Young, or yeah, I think so. Okay. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick oh. ends up being so, so considered your, the MVP of this squad. Under your thought process, in order for Chase Young, well, I, I shouldn't say under your thought process. You you guessed the answer to the question, which was how the fans voted. Right. You're not saying Chase Young would be 
the MVP. And if that's the case, then they would be have a losing record or a non-playoff record. You're just simply saying that's who you thought the fans voted. You were correct. And mm-hmm. then you're saying, oh, wait a second, if they make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, and it would be the first time in his career that they that he yeah. would make the playoffs, it would be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I think, so. I think that's a, a pretty good rationale. And uh, listen, I mean, they they ideally need a two to one touchdown to turnover ratio uh, and for Ryan Fitzpatrick to not kill them in that regard. All right. We'll yes. do more of this Ben Standing athletic survey uh, as the week goes along. I think there's some fascinating questions and answers. We'll break it up for you into a couple of different chunks. But. We wanted to get to this in our remaining time here in the second segment, uh, and maybe we'll have to finish it up. Uh, linebackers, kind of taking a look at that position group for a training camp review. The three expected starters are Jamin Davis, John Bostic, and Cole Holcomb. Um, they've added some depth. They have Jared Norris back. They brought Jared Mayo in. Uh, not Jared Mayo, David Mayo. I'm sorry. Um they let go of Sean Dion Hamilton. They have some talent. Kalik Hudson is obviously somebody who factors in uh, and played a, a decent amount down the stretch. Let me ask you this. It, is the linebacking position with Jamin Davis's addition still the weak spot on this whole football team? Yes. Yeah, I, I think the the linebacking group is is the is the Achilles heel for this for this team. Uh, specifically the defense, obviously, but I, I put it above the offensive line. I think it's, you know, they're, they're close enough or whatever, but I think that the linebacking group, uh, just is, it is what it is. And, you know, you kind of look at the conversation surrounding Jamin Davis. I mean, is he going to play? We, uh, will, is he going to play Mike? You know what I mean? Like that kind of just demonstrates there've been some people who wonder, could he play the strong side? Like it's not just about Jamin Davis and his versatility. It's about the holes on the defense. You could literally see a first round rookie replacing any of those three starting positions. But I think Cole Holcomb, John Bostic, Jamin Davis kind of makes the most sense. And then maybe next year, if there is a really good elite weak side linebacker, you move Jamin into the middle, you draft that young guy and you start to build that, that linebacking group from the draft while your free agents and your veterans continue to flush out the secondary and the young guys that you're continuing to build and hopefully resign, continue to push uh, the front of that pile. Uh, I also forgot to mention Jordan Kanashik, uh, who played in a couple of games uh, last year, more of a special teams guy. Uh, Joe Walker, who they signed uh, from San Francisco. Don't forget, they let go of Sean Dion Hamilton. Does not look like Reuben Foster is going to come back. He's not currently under contract. Uh, and remember, he was injured all last year after being initially cleared uh, to practice. So they do have some depth and they do have some bodies here. Uh, but I would expect your four main guys to be the three starters that we mentioned. And then again, Khalid Hudson uh, as the fourth guy. And then it's a matter of, OK, you know, probably because of special teams and experience, Mayo and Norris as five and six. And maybe they only take six because you can't take seven or eight or 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 extra guys at every position group, you're going to have to go short uh, somewhere. All right, that wraps up our little linebackers preview for training camp. Uh, We'll obviously be constantly updating the depth chart and injuries and what we're seeing and what we're hearing, uh, both in person and video and all that good stuff as we go through training camp, which is now less than a week away from officially getting underway right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. All right, guys, we tell you about Rock Auto and our friends at rockauto.com. Why? Because we believe in them. 
Uh, David, I know, needed a part recently and went to rockauto.com and, well, I'm pretty sure he had a darn good experience and got what he needed and made sure that he got the lowest price and didn't have to go anywhere at all. I've told you back when I had my old car, I needed new wiper blades and I was able to get them at rockauto.com. I didn't have to, again, go to one of those big auto parts superstores where they're going to overcharge you, where they're going to charge you more than their buddy down the street, the local mechanic. Why? Because the local mechanic, A, knows what parts go for and B, they also buy in volume and bulk, whereas they're going to pass those higher charges on to you. But why go through that experience? Why go anywhere but your couch, your kitchen table, your bed? Again, you want to go somewhere else in your house? Have at it. Have fun. And you can save yourself a good amount of money, 10%, 20%, 30%, maybe even 50%, depending on what part you need, whether it's a foreign or domestic, new or old vanity or a major part, rockauto.com is your place to go. Family business, in business for do-it-yourself uh, do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison 2 at russellmania 621 the show at Locked WFT Pod. And Chris, I love ending our episodes with listener voicemails or emails or Twitter questions. And fortunately for me, we've got another one to play here today on this episode. Hello, Chris. Hi, David. This is your buddy. Bill, out of ARK, that's Arkansas, by the way. Uh, yeah, still repping that burgundy and gold till I'm dead and cold. But um, I got called in anyway to say that um, if you, I was going to ask you guys if you had a choice to pick for, you know, the quarterback of the future for the Washington football team, you know, in next year's draft, who would you pick and uh, for what reasons? Now, I was kind of wondering that, uh, you know, see what you guys would think. And also, I uh, was wondering about the offensive line that, uh, you know, since it's been kind of revamped, I guess, we're not able to run the ball. I don't, I don't know if the, how effective that pass game is going to be. I mean, you got to be able to run that ball. And, um, last year, we, it seems like we wasn't really able to move the ball on the ground unless it was just teams that had huge holes in their defensive line, you know, whose defenses weren't made good. Hopefully this year, maybe the offensive line can open up some holes and Antonio Gibson and, Jaden Kiss and those guys can do some damage. I uh, just want to see what your take was on that. Looking forward to the season. Peace. All right. Thank you very much to Bill in Arkansas. We appreciate you guys and always encourage you, whether you're a repeat voicemailer or caller or participant or fresh, 
Uh, make sure you give us a shout uh, and uh, do just what Bill in Arkansas just did, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. David, you want to you wanna take a shot at the choice for the quarterback in the future, meaning beyond this year? Uh, do you think they go – uh, with what somebody that they have already, or is it somebody in the draft, or could it be a veteran quarterback via free agency or a trade? Yeah, I think right now I'm leaning mostly towards free agency or a trade, and I've kind of got my eye on like a Russell Wilson. Like if he still wants out of Seattle next off season, then maybe that's a deal that Washington could pull off. You you would assume Seattle probably wants to send him to the AFC, so that kind of throws a, a wrench into things. Uh, you know, if Deshaun Watson, if all that stuff is is cleared up, you know, with Deshaun Watson, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, then that could be an option. Um, again, there's there's going to be a lot of people in the race for that one, but I mean, somebody's got to be bold enough to go pay the price. You know, that Houston is going to ask for it, and maybe it's Washington, maybe it's not. I wouldn't give up a player in that deal. I would be looking purely draft capital because when you look at the NFL draft, I mean, Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma, Sam Howell out of North Carolina. Right now, according to to some of the mock drafts out there, kind of the, the two top quarterback prospects, Carson Strong out of Nevada is another guy that people are talking about. They haven't even stepped on the field yet in the 2021 season, so it's hard to tell who the top quarterback is really going to be when all is said and done. But the the biggest hurdle to the Washington football team drafting a quarterback of the future is is the fact that they're going to be successful, at least to a moderate level, without a rookie quarterback. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and this defense and these new weapons help get Washington back to uh, the playoffs, I mean, you're, you're looking in the 20s you know, range uh, as far as your draft selection spot. And if they win a playoff game, you're looking even later. And and you know, best case scenario, Ryan Fitzpatrick takes the, the burgundy and gold to the promised land and everybody's celebrating a, uh, a Super Bowl uh, you know, parade through the, na- through the National Mall. But the problem is now Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably riding off into the sunset and you have no quarterback for the future. So it, it's kind of one of those, you know, damned if you do do it, damned if you do or don't moments. But the good thing about Ron Rivera is also kind of the bad when you if you want to draft a quarterback super early is he's never going to coach to lose. Like that's not Ron Rivera. That's not his style. So this team is going to play to win no matter who the quarterback is. So I think free agency or a trade is kind of where you have to look right now because trading up in the NFL draft to get a guy who's unproven is going to be more expensive in the long run than trading a lot of picks to get a guy who is proven. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, really good analysis. I, I would I would just add this. I'm still a I'd rather not pay the bounty for an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, the price that it's going to presumably uh, cost you, right? A, a Derek Carr, somebody like that. If you look at the free agent class for next year, I mean, it's slim pickings right now, right? I mean, it's, you know, a bunch of familiar names, but it's nobody proven. You know, Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. I still think absolutely they will favor a veteran quarterback over a drafted young quarterback, i.e. first round, that type of thing. I mean, not to say that they would never do that, but I think it's got to be the right person, the right time, the right situation, all of that. So I'll still lean towards veteran. I'll still lean towards free agency over the draft. And hell, I'll take a shot. Uh, I think um, I think they go Mitch Trubisky, which is which which would infuriate a lot of Washington football fans. But Ron supposedly loved him coming out of North Carolina. Now he had a chance to sign him uh, this year instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And obviously, I think he chose the right 
quarterback, uh, but that doesn't mean that things will work out for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if they don't, I'll, I'll just take a shot and say Mitch Trubisky. All right, that is going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. For David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. We will remind you to get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That could be Spotify, iTunes, you know the deal. If you have a question or topic you want us to discuss, we just mentioned this a little bit ago, but we'll do it again. Send them in. Voicemail 301-615-3577. 301-615-3577. Or if you want to email us, lockedwftpod at gmail. Dot com. That's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us. For David Harrison, I'm Chris Russ. Thanks for listening. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.